This is the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. This is the point after the 30-13 to loss to the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday that feels just as miserable today, Wolf, as it did 48 hours ago. There's no question about it, and I can tell you from personal experience, I've spent a couple nights in misery as a player back in the day when you go through something like this. It's really tough. And I feel for the guys because, look, nobody's going out there trying not to get the job done. Everybody's going out trying to get the job done. And when you fail and when you come up short like that, it's really difficult to handle because you know how much effort you put into each and every week. And then to come up short like that is just – it's it's a tough one. Matt, to me, um, and I listened to your podcast, and I think you had a similar feeling after the game. I don't know if 48 hours later has mellowed that at all, but this almost felt worse then the loss to the Cardinals, you had the lightning stuff going on, and you had, you know, mm-hmm. you lost your quarterback in the game, and Kyler Murray was terrific, and then, you know, New England at least you had a chance, and you know, you could maybe point to Bill Belichick, and those were terrible losses, no doubt, those were bad losses. And a super short week, and you know, right? Yeah, yeah. this, I, this almost felt worse. Uh, you you, you so. got off to a fast start, and then you gave up thirty unanswered points. Yeah, and again, you had a long week to prepare. You should have been. Reasonably healthy, certainly well-prepared, and I think they were well-prepared and healthy. Like you said, they they started the game strong. I mean, they are where they were in good shape. And, of course, injuries set in. You lose your two starting safeties in, what, back-to-back plays, which is really right. hard to overcome. And then you're playing Killebrew and Thompson and guys that really don't belong on the field, and your linebackers are always, already decimated. However, I still think the second half of this game – was as embarrassing, emasculating as it really comes in this league. I mean, they just ran the ball over and over and over, basically ran the same plays at them and couldn't stop them. I mean, I mean so it's got to be a disheartening feeling. I would think so. And after the game, you know, Mike Tomlin said, uh, things won't continue the way they are. The team is playing losing football. Everything's on the table. We can't play football like that. We're going to do things differently. I don't know how much differently you can do them in such a short period of time and expect – different results. That might be something we'll talk about a little bit later on, but let's uh, start, Wolf, with talking about exactly what Matt was talking about, and and I think it was epitomized by that one drive in which the Colts ran the ball 13 consecutive times. It seemed like they were running the same play over and over again. Bring the guy in motion, kick out on Highsmith, run the ball between, I don't even say between the tackles. I think it was between the guards, just straight up the middle and pick up huge yardage. Well, and not even huge, just, just five, yeah, right. yeah, six right. yards of crack every. Like it wasn't like somebody broke a big one. They just kept pounding at the Steelers. Well, there's no no question about it, and that's part of the evolution of modern day football. You don't have a toss thirty two trap that has to hit the two hole. You got <laughs> when you have a a guy going in as a whammer like that, it can hit anywhere in three four five different holes in there. So, I mean, the fact is, and and what I find really distressing is I'm tr- I was sitting there this morning, you know, at 5.30 in the morning watching film and going, is it more distressing that you you didn't answer 30 straight points? You didn't, nowhere in there did you break that up? Or that in a 14-play drive you had 13 straight run plays, which were run by running backs from a, uh, the practice squad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that those things, they, they factor in, and you're like, you start to go a little bit bonkers because 
you know how much effort I know how much effort it takes to get ready to, in these in these games to watch these guys prepare. They're preparing just like they always did, but the results have not been the same. And when you get that sort of imbalance where you put all that time, all that effort into preparation, you don't get the results that you want. Not only is it deflating, it's disheartening to the point that you start to question things. Yes. You know, and that's where that lack of confidence can really start to take effect and create some problems. Yeah, this is a loss, and Mike Tomlin indicated after the game, this is a loss that will have the Steelers asking some questions like what's going on here. And I do want to point something out quickly, you know, before we get you know, continue again with this game analysis, Matt, is that you know, people are gonna point, and rightly so, look, the middle of your field defensively is decimated. It's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're out, you know, your top two linebackers, guys that are supposed to cover for you. I mean, Cole Holcomb, I think, was really emerging into a very, very solid player. Quan mm-hmm. Alexander was doing good things for you. And then, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is one of your bell cows on defense. And then you lose DeMonte KZ. Um, you've already lost Neil back there. So you're talking about the middle of your defense being decimated. That having been said, and, you know, you're down to your second-string quarterback. Okay, well, the Colts are down to their second-string quarterback and have been all year, mm-hmm. and he's on the brink of leading that team into the playoffs. You were running your third and fourth string running backs. I mean, I'm scrambling around for my roster. Who are the Colts' third and fourth string running backs? Yeah. I mean, they have Taylor's out with an injury. He's the star. Moss He's is lost money, in the game. Right, yeah. Pittman is by far their best wide receiver. He gets knocked out of the game yeah. uh, by KZ. So, yes, you can point to injuries. No question they have hurt the Steelers. By the same token, the other team had injuries. We saw Houston going back further. Hey, th- this is a great opportunity for the Steelers' front to manhandle Houston's offensive line because Houston's got three or four guys out of this lineup with injury, that didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, it's the kind of uh, a game, the kind of performance that injuries or no make you question, okay, what's, you know, as they are questioning right now. Of I'm course, not bringing, of course. This is no illumination here uh, of, a, of a higher order. This, this is like, that's what's happening. That's what we're doing. That's what they're doing. No question. No doubt. And, I will say, and and you alluded to this, I mean, cluster injuries all at one position in a short amount of time are almost impossible no matter what the position. And running back's easier to deal with than losing both your safeties or your linebackers, your communication guys. But, yeah, the spine of the defense is in really bad shape. There's no question about that. And that's not an excuse. That's a fact. But it's also not – it's also a fact that – Everyone in the league is dealing with a lot of stuff right now. I mean, Cincinnati's putting a winning streak together without Joe Burrow. I mean, Houston right. won a game without Stroud. You referenced them. But maybe most disheartening to me is kind of what we've been talking about, but on both sides of the ball, they lost at the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, No I, doubt. Yeah. I mean, they lost at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball badly. And, Wolf, I would want to ask you as you were talking, I mean, you've been on the other side of that. I mean, you've been the guard – moving people out. I mean, it's probably you've had a wonderful life and done a lot of great things. That's got to be high on your list of memories when you move on from this world. No just- question. <laughs> but, but let's just, just settle this again. I've been on both sides of that equation. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Where you're, you're handing it to them and they're handing it to you. So, so, so what is it? I mean, you know, Wolf, let, let's talk about because I, I, we, we talked about that a little bit in the locker room this morning with Max Starks. I brought up the same thing Matt did because I, I think it's a great point and a, 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 must be a great feeling. And I think, you know, when you see it happening, you're like, oh, my gosh, are we really this much worse? If you're a fan, are we really this much worse than that team? And I think it's hard to, you know, they call it recency bias, right? I just saw it, so, yes, we are worse Mm -hmm. and that much worse than that team. But, I mean, you must feel a certain 
momentum, whatever, whatever you would call it, that you just start rolling. And even if it's a person that, you know, maybe you're equal to or even a little bit better than, you just become a lot better than them for whatever reason. Call it momentum. Call it a, a landslide. I, I don't know what you would call that, but it's got to, it does have to feel good. It's called the Code Red beatdown <laughs> yeah. is what it's called. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, you know, the, the thing is you get a first down. Then suddenly you get a second first down. You get a nice run. You get a, a pile driving hit on a guy. All this starts to equate to it's like smelling blood in the water, and you just get this fever to keep going and keep going, and it's, it's a marvelous thing. It's incredible. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen all the time like you'd like it to happen. Right. And when you're on the other end of it where it feels like you're holding up an avalanche of, of things coming at you, that's it's very dispiriting because you can see it in the body language on either side, whether it's offense or defense, whoever's getting hammered at the moment. The point is you can see in the body languages they stand up. They're very slow. You can see them kind of get into the huddle and they start arguing with each other because, you know, somebody missed an assignment, somebody didn't kick down, somebody didn't scrape. All these sorts of things are coming out. And they, you know, you start to get a little irritated and yelling at each other. And it looks like, you know, Issues are starting to rise, and you know that you're in their head. You know they're trying to stop this uh, this onslaught of whatever it is that you're doing there, and it's just simply starting to pile up like a snowball, gaining more snow as you roll down the field, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And it could it's it's a crushing feeling, and it's deflating, and it's it is just what we're talking about. It's it's like you're being body bagged and manhandled as a pro. You all those guys out there, are alpha males. Nobody's putting up with any sort of, you know, uh, you're, you're going to just run over me and I'm not going to do anything about it. That's not the way they got to the NFL. And so for them to suffer through that, that's an incredible experience that you don't want to experience. You want to put that on somebody else. Is it more a feeling of frustrating, a frustration as an offensive lineman to see what we happened? Look, they didn't open up holes. And the Colts are the Colts, I don't want to call them simple, but the Colts are pretty much like, here's our four linemen. Pretty, okay? pretty we're not, vanilla. We're not yeah. going to blitz a lot. We're not going to do a lot of crazy stuff. We're going to bring our four guys, and we think our four guys could beat your five guys or six guys if you have a tight end in there. That's what happened. Their four guys beat the Steelers five or six guys on Saturday. Well, on the other hand, you have, instead of the over overwhelming crushing running game, that is, again, a body beatdown that is so great for an offensive lineman, but not for a front end of the defense. You turn that around and you have a defense that's coming after you. Who is, uh, if I recall, it's a bottom 10 rush defense. It's been problematic. You know, they've yeah. had issues there. And you, you're you not getting the running game that you've been getting. I mean, you've been averaging over 130-some yards over the last three weeks or so of rushing the ball, and you're not able to do it in this instance. And, it's again, the frustration level gets to a point where, like, you know, you, you really want to do headbutts without a helmet on. I mean, that's it's it's really what's bugging you. The problem is is that nobody's got a great answer for it quite yet, you know, other than the fact they're not executing in a timely fashion at the time the play is called. Because I, as I looked at that tape, the one quote that kept coming back to me was real simple. The solutions are simple. It's the execution of the solutions that becomes difficult. Because at every point in time you watch a play, you can see where the breakdown occurs. Right. And and when you look at just the stark numbers here, Matt, uh, the Colts, 34 carries, 170 yards, five yards a carry, just pretty much. And wasn't an 80-yarder in there, no, like you said. No, just I saying, mean, here we come. Yeah. And then on the other end, 24 for 74, 3.1 yards per carry. Um, 
you know, the one is way too much and the other is not nearly enough. Yeah, and a couple things. I mean, we everyone knows about that drive where they, they ran the ball, what, 13 straight times. But it, over the cu- culmination of, the th- of three drives at that point, I'm almost certain 20 out of 21 plays were run plays if you take away some kneel downs and kicks, you know, field goals and punts and whatnot. I mean, it, it was – and they ate up like 14 minutes of, of time doing that. Now, previewing this game, you know, like Wolf mentioned, I thought their run defense was suspect. You know, I thought that the the Steelers would run on them with consistency. I thought that was something that they could hang their hat on as an organization. And there were a lot of aspects. I thought Porter would do well against Pittman. There was a lot of things that I thought, these are pretty equal teams, but styles make fights, and I think these styles favor the Steelers. But clearly, I underestimated the Colts on both lines of scrimmage. I mean, Nelson was tremendous. Kelly was tremendous. Their edge guys did enough against TJ and Highsmith, but it's a lot easier when you don't have to pass block. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, they didn't have to to pass block. You know, and when you look at uh, Minshew's numbers, again, just looking at the numbers, um, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions, great quarterback rating, barely had to throw the ball in the second Mm -hmm. half. And think about that quarterback rating if he doesn't have a touchdown pass dropped. You know, you you look at this game, they dropped a touchdown pass. They missed a couple of field goals. They had a punt block. Punt block on the one-yard line. You start thinking they could have put – you know, what, 40, 50 points up? If I the mean, Colts played a clean game? I yeah. mean, holy mackerel. It, it, you know, it looks worse and worse the more you look at it. Well, if I thought there were a couple of really big turning points in this game, and and, and the unfortunate part, of we'll, we'll talk about the ability to not sort of, um, you know, fight back from the momentum going against you. But, you know, the Steelers, after that drop touchdown, they get to stop at the one-yard line. Um, and you're thinking, okay, th- this is great. Um, and then – you know, Mitch Trubisky has Fryermuth over open over the middle. You're trying to keep a drive alive, and you're you're trying to be aggressive here. You know, let's let's think about putting up some points. And um, I, again, I don't know whether Fryermuth was supposed to stop. I don't know whether Mitch thought he was going. You wonder if that's one of those things where this is just not having enough reps together. Regardless, it's a simple short pass. It should have been completed. You pick up the first down there. You know, you're up at thirteen seven now at this point. Maybe you march down the field. Maybe you, maybe you pick up one more field goal try or one more first down you try. Maybe you're up 16-7 going in at the half. Instead, you punt the ball, and in 22 seconds, they go 74 yards, and they take the lead. So what could have been a big momentum, hey, you get to stop at the one, let's march down and kick a field goal, and now we're going into the halftime, we're up 16-7, to woo-hoo, all of a sudden, you're down 14-13 at the half. Oh, it's it's yeah. incredible. I mean, you, you you lay out the the circumstances of that drive, and the thing about it is, you know, it's you know, it, it's just like you had an opportunity to really grab the momentum at that point, right? And you weren't able to, right? And that's got to be so frustrating. Now, on the other hand, I got to tell you, it, when I look at it, a big a big part of that was the pass interference call. With with Joey, right? You know, I'm sorry, but they are making this so difficult to understand what's going on because first of all, that was that was Pierce, the wide receiver that he was battling. He's in a mano a mano battle down the sidelines, right? Pierce puts his hands on Joey. Joey puts his hands on Pierce. They're both apparently doing able to do a little infighting. Nobody's jersey got yanked. Nobody fell down. Nobody was hindered from moving forward, and the pass was behind. And I, I don't understand how that's pass interference on Joey, and when you know it should have been to me a no call, easy no call. You know that bothered me a lot because I, to me 
you got a young guy back there who's battling for his life as as a rookie out there doing a great job, by the way. But yet that ball is thrown behind and it's short and basically uncatchable, and they're going to throw it on a, on a, on this kid. I, I I didn't like that at all. By the way, he is doing a great job. And well, one of the you know you look around the Steelers and you think, okay, uh, what is it? We you know where does the future lie? Well, there's there's one guy who looks like he's a big part of a of a rosier future. Uh, we'll get to more on this game, uh, more on uh, another aspect that I thought was a, a big turning point in this game. When we continue with Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. You're listening to The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio on 102.5 DVE. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for being with us. Uh, Matt, you know, I, I talked about that turning point at the end of the first half. And then I thought there was another one at the beginning of the second half. The Steelers, okay, you come out, oh my goodness gracious, you're down yeah. and a half that you really, I mean, when you think about it, you know, you block a punt. Um, you know, I they were a better team the first half, yeah, especially I mean, up until the point where you laid it out, right? Right. I Clearly, mean, obviously, right. yeah. You you know, you could be up sixteen to seven. You're down 14, 13. Okay, you got to reach deep. Okay, well, they get a three and out, right? And then they get the ball. Rare Najee Harris fumble. Yeah. One play later, touchdown, and it just the the Steelers never recovered from that. I didn't think. I, I didn't think so either. And to be honest, I mean. Nobody cares how it affects me. I'm sitting there in my lazy boy. But the second that they recovered that fumble, I thought, wow, the air just came out. Like, I'm like, oh, they're in trouble now. You know, and it just felt like the whole stadium felt that way. And from that point on, it wasn't a competitive football game. No, and, and Wolf, they're just, you know, there wasn't the response that you hoped the Steelers would have. I mean, and again, sometimes, you know, they talk about this in baseball a lot, right? Like, you know, momentum is your starting pitcher. Right, and your starting pitcher is really good, then you play really well. If, you're, <laughs> if the other team's starting pitcher is really good, you don't play very well. Um, and again, whether that is an opportunity for the offense to rise up, maybe go on a long drive, wind up coming away with some points, uh, what have you, um, it just didn't happen. The Steelers just couldn't find a way to stem the tide in this game. No, I mean, Mo Ellie Cox, when he scored that touchdown, what would that was his eighth catch of the year. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not like this is one of the troubling trends that came out of that game is the problems or inability the Steelers are having in covering the tight ends now. Yeah. Because now we've seen it over, what, four games? Four straight games. It's four yeah. straight games. And right. the fact of the matter is you look at – They don't even you know, use the tight ends, like you said. Yeah, yeah right. That's you know, not what I they mean, do, right? It, it is. I mean, in, including Hunter Henry and McBride yeah. and everybody. So that's becoming more of a problem – than I thought it would be, and certainly that's something that makes you very discomfortable as a, I would imagine, as a defensive coordinator because, you know, you still got some tight ends coming up that can get the job done. Well, when you think about the tight end position, too, again, this goes right back to the injury problems. I mean, you go out in the offseason, you get Cole Holcomb to play linebacker for mm-hmm. you. You get Quan Alexander, who's a good uh, coverage guy, to play linebacker for you. Holcomb's a you know, three-down guy who can cover tight ends. You have two guys who you think can do that. You have Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end. You usually think of tight ends working the middle of the field. Well, you wipe all those guys out. And Landon Roberts is a 
is he's a you know first and second down run stuffing type of guy. That's what Mark Robinson is. But the too. guy is also playing with a pulled groin. Yeah, oh, you know right, what right. I mean. Absolutely. Oh, for Let's sure. Remember right. that, and he's oh, no. done a heck of a job. Yeah, in yeah. My, oh, humbly, I, I, I say so. Imagine with Eli. I, him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Remember, he was questionable last week and still played and had yeah. a and, and and had a good performance. But yeah. for sure. And even That's, Neil would be useful, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah. Just I put mean, him in the middle of the field. You yeah, lose right. all those guys, and now it's four straight games uh, for touchdowns by uh, for uh, tight ends, opposing tight ends, and then a couple straight now were running backs leaking out. And, again, you think of that same coverage group, you know, uh, especially the inside linebackers. Um, and, and they just uh, – it was actually – you have to, you know, you have to doff your cap to the Colts. They caught the Steelers in, in man-to-man coverage. Uh, that was when Pittman was still in the game. He ran just a simple drag route across the middle. He was the only receiver on the left side, so there was nobody there, and they just leaked out. I don't even mm-hmm. remember if it was Moss or or their third yeah. or fourth. I think it was Moss. little short pass, and there was just nobody there. And so, so good coaching, good job. But again, that's – I mean, there's only so many guys you can have on a team that can do what you want to do before you just run out of guys. And and I think teams are going to continue to attack the Steelers with their tight ends and running backs because the Steelers are down to their – and in that game, you know, you know now KZ's out for the season, right. uh, suspended right. for the rest of the year. There's Neil's no out. That, right? uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's uh, – I think he's already been ruled out of this upcoming game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you might even be lesser handed now than you were. Right. I mean, certainly to start the game, let yeah. alone after injury set in. Oh, yeah. But to Wolf's point, this is troubling, and I don't believe that teams are going to stop attacking them. No, this league has no mercy. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. there's a gaping hole in the middle of the defense, and I guess they're sort of lucky that Cincinnati doesn't have a star tight end. Seattle doesn't have a star tight end. Mark Andrews is out. That's the remainder. But. Indy didn't have a star tight end, and Hunter Henry hadn't done much until this point. And if there's yeah, I mean, a tight end out there, yeah, right, right. Be, you know that can be a problem. I mean, yeah, right. let's, let's just face it and call it like it is. It's yeah. some. It's a, it, there's a problem here that they fi- have to find the solution. Yeah. Yep. And I think the Bengals are getting more and more comfortable with Tanner Hudson at the tight end spot. They have mm-hmm. Drew Sample. Um, who They're can, actually throwing to backs a lot more too yeah, than they yeah. used to. Which right. Is it, just this is much Burrow looking for right. Chase, right. you know, right, necessarily. Right. So yeah, right. uh, that that you're right, Wolf. That is something that that definitely has to be. Handled for the Steelers. Um, there were some other. I just issues. don't know how you handle it. Right. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Do do I don't know right. what you do. I mean, just telling Mark Robinson to get better by next week is right. going to do it. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I don't know what they're going to do in that regard. It's going to be something certainly to keep an eye on. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about this game um, afterwards. And, you know, one of the things he alluded to was the turnovers and the penalties. And I know, uh, you know, look, you blocked a punt. Um, that can basically yeah. be like a turnover. But in this game, uh, turnover advantage, three to nothing for the Colts. The penalties, two for ten yards for the Colts. Brilliant. None in the second half, yeah. zero. And for the Steelers, eight for one hundred and one. I mean, if you're the Steelers and you're being outgained, um, you just cannot afford to give up ninety-one yards. That that's ninety-one free yards. Here mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're an offense that is struggling to get to two hundred and fifty, three hundred yards. Now you're going to hand them in the penalty department. An additional 90 yards, 91 yards, that's that's not good. It's definitely not good, and this team can't overcome that. So a couple more things. I agree with everything you said. But the block punt is worse than a turnover. I mean, you give the ball to the other team on the one. Matt Gay missed two field goals, which is really just handing the ball to the other team at midfield. So, yes, the Steelers had turnover problems. 
But it wasn't like the Colts, as we said in the first segment, played this clean game. You know, I mean, right. they gave you some some the ball back at times. Oh, drop right. touchdown, two yeah, missed right, field right. goals. I mean, you know, yeah. they again. I mean, you you think about that, Matt. I mean, they had thirty unanswered points. They dropped the touchdown and missed two field goals. You're looking at forty three points. <laughs> right. I mean, right. my I mean, goodness, it was it was it was. There's no way to sugarcoat it. But that part of the game, uh, Wolf. That's that's you know you, the Steelers have been great in the turnover margin all year, but. I mean, you you cannot lose the penalty battle like this. You just can't. No, but this is what losing football is. Right. Now yeah, you start yeah. to see more mistakes accrue as you go into each and every game. And guys that have been playing solidly, suddenly they're not playing at the same efficient level. And you you have these these things that happen along the way, losing you know the middle part of your defense. I, can, I still can't wrap my brain around DeMonte Casey being ejected for the, re- the rest of the season. That's yeah. re- To me, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. But regardless of it, it is what it is now, and, and so the Steelers are hampered even more so. And, um, you know, this is, you know, there's that saying, that these are the times to try men's soul. Well, yeah. men, their souls are being, you know, tried very heavily. Look, you've got to be able to pull it together and be ready to battle because here, let's face it, you got three games left. For a lot of these guys, this might be the last three games of their career or the last – you know, or certainly with the Steelers, or you know, something where you want to put something on on your resume now, because if if you go out and have that lousy last three game stretch, as personally as a player, man, you don't want to go out that way. And, and this is such an unforgiving game. I oh, mean, it is because the defense now is going to have more and more problems as they have all year of getting off the field. The offense isn't eating up time, and you're out there more, and then more injuries set in, and Oh, by the way, this is one of the older defenses in the league, and I'm sure their bones are a little tired from you know the rigors of the season as well. So, as we mentioned, it's just an avalanche of snowballs and snowballs and snowballs. You know, I I, I believe uh, these are the times to try men's souls. Thomas Paine, if I'm not mistaken, uh, pre-revolutionary war pamphlet, and I believe he later on went on. <laughs> I believe I should probably look this up before I say it in the air. But anyway, <laughs> we're just going to nod called, and agree with you. We those, don't know. Yeah, he called those who were not ready to to pick up the yoke at that time sunshine patriots, right? So hey, the sun is shining, everything's good. Now you're a patriot. Now these are the times to try men's souls. What have you got? And I think, you know, again, we'll step away from the game just for a minute. That's going to be part of the evaluation process of these three weeks. Look, everything's going to. We know in the off season. Everything's going to come under scrutiny, right? right? Uh, right. The coaching staff, uh, the players, um, the way the, the scouting department, everything is going to come under review. But that's for the offseason. Right. Mm-hmm. These next three games, I'm sure the Steelers are going to say, okay, who are the Sunshine Patriots and who are the ones that are out there ready to, to do battle when the chips are down here? For years to come. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 these right, are, right. We want the guys that are saying, you know, I, I'm going to go out there and battle these last three games. Exactly so. One of the last remarks I made, I remember at the end, Marcus Golden was still trying to crush people. He was still trying to nail people. Yeah, I like that. Get out there, play to the end. The bitter end, if, and by the way, I love that comment or the uh, the quote that you had uh, by Thomas Pain <laughs> just kind of seemed to fit, you know. Just saying, yeah. just saying. You Precursing know. the great American sport of football, Thomas Payne, <laughs> yes. back in the day. Uh, but I mean, Matt, I'm, you know, you were in the scouting department, right? I mean, th- this is what you're looking for: guys that have that that fortitude, that the guys that have that that part of the game that you're going to need. Oh, you're going to need it for their duration of their contracts or time here, and know who to go to battle with, who not to. Especially the young guys. I mean, this rookie class is going to be. 
Looks like a great one, but are they going to cash it in whenever it gets to this situation and be like, ah, this NFL football stuff's fine. I'll just get a check and you know, you know, just go through the motions. Or are they going to step up and be future leaders around here? I mean, I think you're going to find out a lot. I do think you find out more about people when times are bad than when times are good. Oh yeah, and times are bad, you know. Right. Wolf agree. Absolutely. You know the thing that you, as a player, you know, you you'll, you'll sit there in the locker room and you look around and you just wonder. How many of these guys are really into it and how many aren't, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact of the matter is you want to be one of the guys that's in and in fully. And you got to be – you got to have some sort of professional pride about yourself, you know, that you, I'm not going to lay down like a dog. You know, I, if I'm going out, I'm going out fighting. Come back on my shield, as the Spartans used to say. The fact is you have an opportunity here to play three games. You never know what can happen, first of all, in the NFL. You just never know. But second of all, it says everything about who you are as a player and as a man in these last three games. By the way, it was Thomas Payne. I had to figure it out. Huh? I, had, I, had to look I know. Up. You're like yeah. you're like <laughs> looking look away up. there, man. So these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the summer patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. Just replace that with team. Right, yeah, and you don't want you don't want those kind of guys around. Uh, now, you, now, all that being said, if you don't have any linebackers or safeties that can cover anybody, no doubt, I mean, it's like if your goalie can't stop the puck, well, then you're probably in for a long day either way. For yeah. sure, but right. that's again where this self scouting comes mm-hmm. in, where you're going to say, okay, who's shrinking from their duty, who's mailing it in mentally or physically, um, you know, who's nodding off in the meetings, um, and who's alert and ready to go and 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 giving it their all on the field. Believe you me, back in the day, there was a man by the name of Mean Joe Green who uh, made commentary on a couple of occasions about, I'll be watching. (laughs) You know, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, you know, I I ain't going to be me. I'm going to be coming off the ball, Joe. You betcha. Yeah, 40 years later, I'm still sitting up straighter just thinking (laughs) Joe Green might be looking at you 40 years ago. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have more to get to, uh, including a, a brief look forward to this game coming up against the Bengals and more on this 30-13 to 13 loss to the Colts. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino, Brian Patton and Associates, and the Steelers Pro Shop. We'll be back with more right after this. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino is today your lucky day. Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits and by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfie and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Uh, Matt, before I get to a couple of positives uh, in this game, there's a couple things to clean up. Uh, Presley Harvin struggled again in the punting yeah, game. He's 31st uh, in the league in net, 32nd in average. Uh, among NFL punters, um, and just a lack you know, of consistency. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you see the great leg, but the consistency. Um, so that that was an issue, and then I think you know something that people talked about quite a bit. Frankly, I didn't understand when it was happening during the game, and didn't think we got a tremendous amount of clarity after the game was why they didn't try the the fifty six fifty seven yard field goal from Boswell indoors. Uh, again, I don't know. You know, he, he missed an extra point, which is uncharacteristic of him. I don't know whether he's battling something or they didn't feel like he could kick that one. Yeah. If, if that's the case, they're never going to say that. And 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 Mike Tomlin's just going to take it, right? Right. Uh, and, that's and, what a leader and does. In front right, of his yeah. players, right? right? But um, if there was – you know, that's certainly something fans have been talking about. I mean, he kicked that field goal. 
hey, you get with an eight and you feel like, all right, now now maybe again that momentum, that tide you couldn't stem maybe gives you a chance. Of course, you miss it. But at that point, it felt you like you needed something. Yeah, You yeah. needed something at that point. I'm 100% with you. And I have been inside the walls. And I'm glad you brought that up because maybe he has a calf or a groin or something that's just bothering him a little bit that he's – only good from 53 in, or, you know, I don't know how his pregame kicks went. None of us stuff. None of us know those things, but on, on surface, on paper, I would much, it comes out of this. I would much rather trust Boz to do something difficult than Harvin to gain me phenomenal field position. One's a much better player than the other. He's right one now. of your best players. Yeah, he's one of your he's best one players. Of your, yeah, Boswell's yeah, yeah. one of your best players. Yeah. Well, there's no question. That's why they call him the Wizard of Boz. <laughs> the Wizard of Boz, yeah. Uh, so the other, um, uh, and I did want to point out, I had a couple of positives. And again, it's, it was hard to evaluate the wide receivers. Um, the skill guys in general, I thought, I don't know if they played a good game or a bad game, right. especially the pass catcher. You know, H- I mean? hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, there was the uh, the bad optics of Pickens on that on that run to Warren. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of jabbing at his guy, not finishing the block. But to me, that's just you just listen. You can't have that, and you just coach yeah. him. Hit him, and then hit him again, and and try to drive him off the ball so that your running back has a chance to get into the end zone. Um, so that, that's something that we've, could we've be seen taught. some bad optics overall. Yes, right? yeah. yes, we have seen some bad optics. But Godwin Igwebuike, I thought, was terrific. He had some terrific kick returns, and Connor Hayward. I don't know if he had a, a great game overall, but he did block a a punt. So I thought those were. I had a little two little tiny stars on my sheet of on my sheet of <laughs> negatives. I had a lot of minuses, but right, I did have a right. couple pluses next to those. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Iggy did a nice job. I mean, that, that one that was a line drive, I was thinking, ooh, you know, this could be a kind of a hot one, and he picked it up and went away with it and did a nice job return. I think he averaged over 30 yards a, a return. And then Connor, Connor is one of those, he's one of those guys that I, I look forward to what he can do in the future. I think his role can grow. He's He's a very uh, multi-talented guy, uh, and and you know just the special teams work that he's done, I think, has only really upped his value. Um, and I, I think there's some things that hopefully you know in the coming games, maybe next year, that uh, he can see the ball more. Yep. Needless to say, say you don't want your stars of the game to be the kickoff returner, <laughs> no slash backup tight end special yeah. teamer, <laughs> right? But that may be better if it's hey, you're starting quarterback or whatever, but. The other ones I'd throw in real quick are the edge defenders. You know, like TJ Watt had five pressures in the first half. Well, then they didn't throw the ball the second half. Right. And right. Highsmith, uh, Wolf mentioned Golden. I thought Herbig was good. They beat up on those tackles pretty well. And a lot of the runs weren't at the edge guys, they were up the middle. Right. It, right. Is, kick, it, yeah. kick out the edge guys and mm-hmm. run it straight up the middle. Yeah. And they were able to do that successfully yeah. for sure. So those guys played well, but I mean, we're reaching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I've, uh, I think I've reached the end of the reaching um so Mitch Trubisky pulled late in the game uh, that's one thing too I wondered you know with about eight minutes left would you think about Mason Rudolph there maybe just to see if again just for a little spark I mean sometimes you do that right you just change because you need a spark but I, but I also thought that when they put him in at the end of the game that was a signal that he was probably going to start this yeah, week I felt the exact Cincinnati. same way and I, I said that you know Look, the, the the point is, uh, you know, Mitch has got a lot of tools. He's he's uh, you know he's had some excellent years and years that haven't been so excellent. But the fact is, he's still a quality NFL quarterback. Um, the change is, I think, it's appropriate.
because right at this point in time, you're looking for something. Right. All right. And you've got to give, at least you got to turn over every rock that you can to give yourself the best opportunity to get a win. Mason Rudolph is a high quality quarterback, I feel, no question in my mind. And I felt that way all along. And I know he had, uh, you know, training camp, he was just fine. And last year, he had an excellent camp as well. Look, the fact of the matter is, you are where you are. You got to try something. And the thing is, you know, to, to substitute a, a tight end, a linebacker, or something, it might, won't have the same effect. A quarterback right. Right. really has an opportunity to either raise the level or drop the level. And we'll, we'll see. But I, here's hoping that Mason is able to grasp and run with this opportunity. Yeah. And Matt, you said in your podcast, uh, to just to circle back quickly to Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, and, and Mike Tomlin was quick to point out in his press conference earlier today that he's not laying this defeat at the feet of Mitch Trubisky. No. Mitch, not like, it, oh, hey, we lost the game because yeah. of Mitch Trubisky. No. So a couple things to think about that is I, I agree with Wolf. I mean, just making a quarterback change just shows the world that this isn't okay. We're unhappy with how things are going. It's right. not switching out a, a, a you know a, a guard or a linebacker or a safety or whatever. Hey, the, those guards are important. important baby. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the announcers might even not even catch it. You know what I mean? But – that obviously matters. However, it, obviously it was too little too late. But I think what's the, the, the takeaway here is going back to last year's bye week, it's really clear to me that when the quarterback turns the ball over with his football team over, I don't know, 25 games, they rarely win. Right. You know, and going forward, they have to play a very close to the vest, protect the football style. And just to be frank, that's not Mitch. Right. It just isn't, you know. Right. I mean, maybe it's not they, the way he plays. It's not the way he plays. I mean, going back to his Bears days, that's not the way he plays, and he puts the ball in harm's way. I mean, it, it, in a way, I'm not killing Mitch, but if you were losing by 20, you bring him off the bench as the wild card. Go sling it, you know. Go use your tools. Where bringing Rudolph to, off the bench to not turn it over isn't going to be the answer <laughs> right. when you're down 20, you know, right. or whatever it is. You no, know? that's a that's a that's a really good way of looking at it. And you know, the old expression, and it's changed a little bit as the as the quarterback position becomes more and more important. But for years, it's been you know, quarterback gets probably too much credit in victory and mm-hmm. and too much blame in defeat. Um, although uh, I think that's less and less true with the, the the rules changes and other things that have happened in the NFL. And just just look at the salaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those guys have always been paid more. But my goodness gracious, now uh, the 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 money they're making is staggering. Um, so uh, now the Cincinnati Bengals team, and and again going back to um, the reality of where the team is now, Matt, you've gone from six well, 11th briefly, then back up to 10th in the playoff mm-hmm. picture. Um, it would take you sweeping these last three games and lots and lots of help. And I think that they can't even really think in those terms right now. I mean, no. you've gone from a – I think it was a right around a 70%, 75% chance of making the playoffs going into the games against Arizona, going into the game against Arizona. Oh, okay. Three, down to three 3% now. Yeah. Right? You've gone from – so you've gone from – all right, take care of business at home. We're in to uh, okay. We're we're probably not going to make the playoffs, and this is this. But you know is what? It. The Bengals were at that level when Burrow got hurt, right? True. <laughs> I mean, like they had True. every tiebreaker going against them, and their star quarterback went out, and now they they're beating people. I mean, the league's crazy. Right. I'm not saying the Steelers are about ready to run the table. I'm just no, saying no, the league but, is crazy. But I think you know, hum, quarter or uh, football players are human beings too, just like us. So mm-hmm. we're all like, you know, we can do that. Um, 
you know, we can say, hey, seven and four, they should be eight and four, then nine and four, and then he win one. Hey, they could be playing the Ravens for the division title right. at the end of the year. Players and can't have, sit Lamar and they will steamroll right, all yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah, or oh, just, or just, hey, or they might not be able to sit them because this could be for the division, yeah. right? Because they're the, the, you know, the Ravens have got a little bit of a tough slate. So, oh, and then the, their first round matchup, the playoffs. Yeah, will be fine. absolutely, right, right. right, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. they're gonna get a bye. Uh, what am I gonna do that second week in January? <laughs> right. We could all do that, right? The team can't afford to do that. No. You can't afford to look past anything. I would think going into this week, accepting what you do, how you do it. And how you can impress the men around you, meaning your teammates mm-hmm. and your coaching staff, to make sure that everybody knows that you are part of what's going on. Go out and, and just focus completely this week on your job, your team, your responsibilities. Yep. And exactly one week ago in this room with the three of us, four of us, Wolf said the same thing. You know, you got to look at your, it's time to look in the mirror. I mean, it's every everyone has to take personal responsibility. The only thing I would add is I do think that there's that two of the three, but especially, you know, you only thought to look too far ahead. The fact that they're division games narrows the playing field a little. I mean, Raven Steelers is always 19, you know, right. you know, 12, 10 or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not super optimistic. No, no, it's hard to be super optimistic after these last three losses. But again, as we sort of alluded to earlier, Wolf, we're talking about it. I mean, this is a time to, this Bear it down. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. Look, most of those guys, matter of fact, I'm, I'm trying to dig in the recesses of my uh, cranium here, as Myron used to call it, you know, and, and try to dig out exactly what I was thinking as we were approaching the end of the season. I, I remember a large part of it was some guys talked a little bit about the playoffs, as you saw them, but mostly, no. Mostly it's about the next game and getting prepared for that, not looking any further. Football is such a short-sighted one, one week. You live by one week at a time. And that's the only way you can manage through a 16, 17, then 16, now 17-game schedule. Because if you look too far ahead, you get lost in, in a malaise of, you know, we're here, we're there. We're there. You know, it's all about the next game, the next play, and the next time you huddle. I mean, that's all it is. And you just wash, rinse, and repeat over and over again, and you prepare yourself that way because there's nothing more important than your very next rep. And you, you that 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 whole playoff tunnel becomes just a, a little sliver of, of light, you know, at the end of the because you're not even really thinking about it. All you're thinking about is what you got to do next, and that is the next game and the next play. And just I mean, think how much mental stamina that takes over oh, like man. eighteen right. weeks. Yeah, and, and this is why my wife can, uh, doesn't right. understand why I can't. Hey, I can't figure out what we're doing in the offseason, hon. All I can do, I got one week at a time here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me I, let me ask you that, Wolf. Is that and again, this isn't a one size fits all answer. I mean, some people are born mature. Some of us are still trying to grow up. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Right? <laughs> you know. So w- when you when you is that something that comes organically within a locker room? Is that something that players already know when they get to the NFL level, or is that something that maybe? Maybe a uh, uh, you know a veteran oh, guy takes swats some... the, swats the schedule out of the rookie's hand and says, "Don't be looking at that. We yeah. only got one game here." The, that's exactly the point. It's it's something that you uh, you acquire as you spend more years in the league. You begin to realize that it's all the other stuff is is just it doesn't matter. It, what matters is the next game, the next play, the next series, whatever it takes, and you're extremely. Uh, equipped, well equipped to you know stay functionally focused on just that. It's amazing how how well it, it happens after you've been there for a while. And the veterans, they don't look you know towards the off season. They don't look. They're they're just looking for the next 
what I just you know laid out. It's it's a matter of keeping focus like that. That's how you stay in the moment. And Matt, the belly roiled uh, over the weekend as you watched the Cincinnati Bengals pull a rabbit out of the hat. The Steelers yeah. uh, go Browns, up thirteen nothing and lose. Yeah. The Browns pull a rabbit out of the hat. The Bengals pull a rabbit out of the hat. Houston so pulls Houston, a rabbit yeah. out of the hat and. Buffalo is still uh, rolling along, and yeah, right. yeah. I mean, Buffalo. Yeah. But that's a different story altogether. Sure. But I mean, you you had an opportunity here. Um, you know, you during that Bengals game, you start thinking, "Hey, wait a minute! Now they lose, you win, right? Mm-hmm. The Texans lose without C.J. Stroud. Wow, those playoff odds could shoot up, and um, they ran out of rabbits. They ran out of the Steelers, rabbits. unfortunately, very quickly, and it's self inflicted, obviously, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but. Some teams every week get a bump in terms of luck of what happens around them and you know their their division, their conference, wild card, et cetera. Sure didn't go to Steelers' way lately. May we be talking about cheerier days next Tuesday. Show on next Tuesday, not Monday, next week. See what's Monday? Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Merry yeah. Christmas, Wolf. See, I told you. Merry I'm Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, on the next Justin. Thing, man. <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. I'm in trouble. Yeah, No, you're not. Uh, for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or... Visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all of your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. For Craig Wolfley, Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks for listening to The Point After on Steelers Nation Radio and 102.5 DVE.